Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Punters, mate, on this Friday, the 28th of April, 2023. Big welcome to wherever you are listening to us from and how you're listening to us, whether it's via the app, on the phone, on the radio, on your laptop, wherever it may be now. This week, I've got a special guest with Sammy Highland uh, in Melbourne. He's had to go down, unfortunately, for a, a funeral in Melbourne, and he'll be off for a week or two. Uh, he will be back on the show next week, but I've got an able replacement this week, Nathan Exelby from the Brisbane Racing Club, who I'm sure we all know very well. Nathan, uh, good afternoon to you. Thanks so much for coming along and uh, filling the role of Sammy. Afternoon, Chris. Thanks very much for having me. It um, feels like it's been a little while, so it's, it's nice to get back in a, a media chair. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Now, are we going to go with Nathan or the X Factor? <laughs> I think we run with Nathan. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just leave it at that, let's, right? Let's not put any undue pressure on. <laughs> now, how's the week been? It's, uh, it's obviously a very busy time at the BRC with the carnival kicking off tomorrow. Yeah, we launched the carnival last week. We had Gay Waterhouse as a special guest for that launch. Obviously, she won uh, the the Stradbroke last year with Alligator Blood. So it's all sort of moved on from that. Stradbroke season is relatively new to, to people. It's it's something the BRC has, has coined to sort of, uh, as opposed to the old winter carnival branding, yep. the Stradbroke season, it's built around this, this one iconic race. And there's six race days. Guineas Day is the first of those. Uh, and then we get into the five group one days two two at Doombin. Hopefully we get to run those at Doombin last year. It was a, it was a carnival was without Doombin last year. Wasn't it? And then off to Eagle Farm for the next three. So the two group twos on, on Saturday kick it all off for us. Yeah, I don't think we've got the same weather pattern as we had last year, according <laughs> to all the experts. No, no. We call um, Doombin track manager Ross Smith Rain Man at the BRC. <laughs> Every time they put a meeting on at Doombin, it seems to want to rain on his parade. But, uh, yeah, as you say, it was just extraordinary circumstances last year. Yeah, well, we feel that too as tipsters because uh, we always like the racing at Eagle Farm because it doesn't matter if it rains. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't make any difference. But That's it never right. seems to happen. When we race at Eagle Farm, it's always dry. Uh this weekend, we are supposed to cop some showers maybe tomorrow late-ish. Yeah, sort of hopefully they're later post-meeting. post, post meeting. But as you say, we've had showers this week and it makes a little difference to to how the track will come up on Saturday morning. We know it'll be good for, yep. uh, barring absolutely torrential rain. It, it does actually hold more moisture now than, than what it did, say, six, 12 months ago, and, and which is good. You want that, that evolution to come. But as you say, there's there's certainty with Eagle Farmers to, to what you get. If only we could race there every week, Nathan. It'd be <laughs> I'm really not sure good. You, well, that's... That's, that's, that's welcome commentary from someone like yourself, but I'm not sure everyone's in that same boat. Probably not. And they're talking through their pockets, no doubt. Um, Carnival-wise, uh, the, the uh, lineup of horses for mm. this year, you obviously have an idea of who's coming. Uh, how do you rate it compared to previous years? Well, it's exciting. If, if you get an Everest winner here to, to Queensland, it's, it's a great thing. Yep. Red Zell did come here after he won his first Everest. Um, but Giga Kick, he's the buzz sprinter of, of the nation coming off that all-aged win, the Everest win, great run in the TJ. So, you know, fingers crossed everything holds together for him over the next fortnight and we'll get to see him in a Doombin 10,000. Marzu's uh, meant to be coming back for another tilt at that race, so it would be good to have the defending champ. Uh, and Eduardo, who won two years ago, was also in line to run in the race. So if those three turn up, you get the, the nucleus of a really good, hot Doombin 10,000. And looking ahead to the Gold Coast, 
meeting next week, which is at the Sunshine, yep. Sunshine Coast, which you'll obviously be very excited about. I am. I'll be there. Uh, I'm looking forward to that meeting. It's just Me too. a new difference this year going to that, that Sunshine Coast. But you get a, a Hollandale that features Cascadian and Zaki. Yeah. And hopefully both of those run well there and then back up a fortnight later into a Doom and Cup. So so there's, there's some some pretty nice names to, to have uh, to start with. And then you've got an up-and-comer like Af Cabin who – is set to run in the 10,000, but looks a perfect Stradbroke horse if they progress that far. Yeah, you're right there. And look, the Sunshine Coast, I think I think that'll be the best meeting quality-wise of horses they've ever had. I mean, I know they've had some big ones opening days and, and mm. Caloundra Cups, et cetera, but quality-wise, you can't beat this meeting, surely. No. It, it's a very good meeting, that Hollandale meeting. Every year, obviously, Gold Coast have, have you know, very keen to get up to a Group 1 standard, so getting those good horses like Zaki and Cascadian helps on that front, but the support card's terrific. You've got the bracelet, which leads into the Oaks, uh, the Silk Stocking. Ken Russell's always a, a really good race for the two-year-olds, so right across the board, that meaning's a good one. We expect to see the Sydney jockeys, such as J-Mac, uh, up here from next week onwards, you would think? Yeah, it's, we see a sprinkling of them at Eagle Farm yep. this weekend with Nash Willard taking the ride on, on the favourite in the Guineas. Ben Mellon also up here. So you become accustomed to that with those jockeys. It just depends what the international commitments are these days. Yeah, you're right there. Now, it's been a sad week, obviously, with the, uh, the passing of, uh, of Dean Holland, which was such a tragic, a tragic accident uh, on Monday. Yeah, it's just uh, you've seen the outpouring of emotion, just a horrifically sad incident that, that we see from time to time in racing. And I guess you know, we know the story of him and his very young family yeah. and the outpouring of emotion this week just shows how much, how on what high regard Dean Holland was held within the racing community. And, you know, I, I personally didn't know him, but you know, the day he won the new market, it struck me that he's a guy who's had the, the biggest moment of his career and his first thoughts were with, with two of his fallen riders who yeah. were in hospital. And he did that in not one, but two interviews. And yeah, there's just nothing you can say, Chris, that puts... It's just a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Now, I know Sam Hyland is quite close to um to Dean, and, uh, yeah, it'll make it a very sombre time for, for him down there. And I'm sure Sammy will uh, touch more on it when he comes back next week and, you know, yeah. tells us more about Dean as a person. Yeah, that's right. And, and we've actually got a pretty strong contingent of Victorian ex-Victorian riders here in southeast Queensland now as well. And, you know, I saw a post from Andrew Mallion earlier in the week. Yeah. We spoke to Ben Thompson at, uh, at the trials on Thursday. So they're feeling it very hard. And you know, the, the BRC tomorrow will, will – there's a Vale Dean – Yeah, I'll see that race, race. Race three. Good work, yeah. Um, prior to that, um, there will be a minute silence. And then also the, the GoFundMe details will be plastered all, all over the course for, for people to continue donating to that. Fund. That's amazing figure. Last I heard was $1.4 million now with four young children who mm. are all under the age of five, I think it is, isn't it? Or yeah, very close to that. Yeah. It's probably not going to go that far, but it's going to make a hell of a difference. Yeah, and so the, the, the racing industry is very good at rallying when, they always when, are. when it needs to, and um, I'm sure that figure will keep keep rising as, as the days and weeks go on. It's a massive help. Uh, now, tomorrow at uh, Eagle Farm, you're uh, paying tribute to uh, a certain <laughs> jockey that we had on the show a while back, Robbie mm. Frad. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to the tribute tomorrow, but we... We've done this show for quite a number of years now, and we generally have two guests, yes. and we never run over an ad break. <laughs> Robbie Frad is the only interview guest we've had. We've run over the ad break and yeah. come back to him because it was such a good interview. He was such a nice guy. He had so him and Sammy rode in Mauritius together, oh, wow. so that created a few yeah. stories as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think you'd meet a more likable guy. A lot of interviews you do turn out to be quite formulaic. That's the opposite with Robbie. Yes. Like you don't know what's coming next. He, he'll he'll go to a corner of a subject. I wasn't expecting that. 
Um, he was, um, let's face it, he, he, he generated a lot of social media um, discussion. Robbie with the, the, the Fradster, as he was affectionately known. Fradded? And, and, and unaffectionately known <laughs> at other times. Um, but oh, every single dealing I've ever had with, with Robbie has just been, as you say, a pleasure and um, you know, unfortunately he had to call time on his career it was a, a, an unselfish decision that he made to do that. He felt that with the heart condition um, he didn't want to put other riders at risk so he, he made that call, had the operation. Fortunately the operation has been a success and we're actually seeing him back at the races now, Chris, as, as a mentor and to... How well is that going? Well, his, 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 his pupil's going pretty well, Ange Jones. Yeah, well, we had Ange Jones on the show a few weeks ago, and we, we asked her, you know, how is it helping her riding? And she, just to be able to talk to someone mm. who's been there and done that makes such a difference. That's exactly right. And he was such a liked figure, and he can pull on so many years of experience as well from all around the world. Um, so no, we're, we're very pleased to, to recognize Robbie tomorrow and, um, with, with the Robbie Frad tribute and, um, he's going to have sort of 20 odd family and friends out there. Um, I did an interview with Robbie that we, we played on social media earlier in the week. And, and also yesterday I spoke to a, a number of his fellow riders, which will we'll show some of their tributes as well. Sure, there'll be some interesting comments there along the way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I guess going back and having a look at last week's racing, uh, good to see Far Too Easy back in form. Yeah, we, we, we put the pen through them, Chris, don't we, when they draw wide we do. at the short course at Doombin and... The, the exception to the rule is just when when the horse is too good for them, and, and that's what we saw last last Saturday with Far Too Easy. He was just in a race where he was too good for them. David McCombs, a, a lovely gentleman, and you know he, he had some issues with that horse going back twelve months, getting the country championships. He was probably just beaten by a better horse on the day in the Kosciuszko last uh, October. But he's back uh, with a bang. He needs to take another step now, but hopefully they'll pick off a race or two on the way through. He had issues with the floods. Yeah, that was the horse pre- preparing, for, preparing for the, the country championships yeah. last year. Um, so he had to move around, and it certainly wasn't an ideal preparation. Yeah, barrier 13 of 14 he jumped from. And, <laughs> and you're right. I mean, I, I tip sweet Margot May. I know you tip something. We've all looked at it and thought, nah, I can't win from out there. Yeah. And the ones we tipped drew better gates. That's it. It yeah. was just one of those ones. And you saw at the 300, it was all over. He was menacingly coming into the yep. race. And I think I backed Jimmy Orman in the previous two races <laughs> leading into that. And the, the, that, of course, the, the Murphys all get uh, you. That's but, fun, isn't it? Um, class told the story there. Now, the last race, of course, was a great race, the, the Mick Dipman. We had mm. the two booms, Chinny Boom and Golden Boom. Golden Boom didn't have the best of runs. Chinny Boom pulled up lame. Yeah. Lady Laguna, we knew she'd get that beautiful run, didn't we? To your credit, you, you found Lady Laguna. She hadn't won for a while, but she had those really sexy form lines. It probably put a bit of a dent in the, the, the local form. Did. You know, the Annabelle Nisham pair ran one, two there. We were sort of thinking that's a good crop of sprinting three-year-olds coming through here in, in southeast Queensland and the, the ones from down south took the lion's share of the spoils. Golden Boom's probably one where you could sort of be forgiving. He, he did get stuck wide and yep. he battled on pretty well given that. And I think Chinny Boom's headed for a break, isn't she? Correct. As a result of that. Yep. Uh, lubrication was a good run. Midnight in Tokyo was a good run. Yeah, um, some 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 tidy tights. But Zeke probably needs to go back to something a little bit easier. But they did run yeah, along early. And she's just those ones that are sort of first up off you know, twelve months. Like she yeah. missed that preparation. They they often get a bit ring rusty. Soxagon's been retired. Yeah, what a warrior he was um, for for so long. Uh, he he burst on so well. I think he won by double digits at, at Toowoomba one yep. night to win the maiden, and then I think he ran second to Vega one in the Gateway, and then he just kept progressing all the way through and. Uh, 
just shy of a million dollars. Uh, I knew the Sox had gone story well. My former editor at the Career Mail, Brian Burke, bred him. And I remember Berkey when he was actually buying those group of mares, you know, he was looking retiring and wanted a hobby. And he did that. And it was lovely to see him get a, a good horse out yeah. of it. And he had a lot of fun with Soxagon and, and um, Mark Curry o- over the journey. And, you know, he won that BRC sprint last year. That's that's a good-looking photo to have on the wall. He yeah. beat an alligator blood in that in that photo. Um, it was a blanket finish, but um, he got the better of him that day. And it's a real warrior. I didn't mention, Nathan, on the show today, we have Jimmy Orman coming up in just a moment. We'll speak to Tony Gollan after our main break. And I'll try and track down Gibbo, who's been in good form lately, to give us some more tips for tomorrow. Now, question without notice. I'm very interested. Love those. <laughs> you, you can take this one away as homework if you wish. I'm very interested in this horse of Chris Waller's, this mare, Princess Grace. Now, you might not won be. The, won at um, Hawkesbury. Hawkesbury last week, yeah. She's an American horse. Mm. Now, we don't see many American horses. We see a lot of Europeans, as we were discussing a while ago. Yeah. But we don't see many American horses come this way. She's got former Del Mar and places like that. Now, I was very interested. She ran a couple of weeks ago, first up in Sydney during the championships, I think it was, mm-hmm. and had a good look through her form. And her American form was really good. You could find a few replays online, yeah. but she needed a dry track. Mm. Now, Hawkesbury was reasonably dry last week, and she won easily. Now, yes, I'd love to see her up here. And she'd create interest being from a different part of the world. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing back American, like Secret Savings won a Doncaster coming out of America. And I think that mare that won the Kumal Classic last year, I can't think of a name at the time, I had the grey mare that Kieran Ma and David Eustace mm-hmm. had. She she had American form prior to coming here, so it's not often you see it. But agree, it's, it adds a different dimension to yeah. to things. A lot of the time, you see these American mares coming through in pedigrees. I know a lot of the bloodstock guys keen to get over to those Keeneland sales and get some of those well-bred American mares, and they seem to work here. Well, I'm sure she's here for um, breeding purposes. Mm. Colours, she looked like she was China Horse Club from from top of my head. Um, I'd be surprised if she didn't head up this way. I really would. Two runs yeah, from two a break. In. Yeah. There's a great sequence of mares races exactly. all the way through up here. So they yeah. can bide their time and have a crack at uh, go to, towards a tiara. All right. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. And where are we racing on the weekend? Well, of course, we're racing at Eagle Farm tomorrow with the Guineas, the Victory Stakes and the Del Rallo. We race on the Poly Track at Aquas Park Gold Coast. Got a tab meeting at Bar Calden. Nathan, oh, I don't tab, even know where that is. It's Bar a tab Calden. meeting at Bar Calden. <clears throat> We're off to Toowoomba. Bar Calden's in Western Queensland. So near, I worked out. How not, far not, from not, here? Not, I didn't work out as far as Bar Calden. Long drive. <laughs> I, I got as far west as St. George, and then you keep going west from there to get to Bar Calden. It's a big state, Queensland. Yeah. Uh, Toowoomba's back in the twilight zone, of course, tomorrow night. Rockhampton on Sunday, the Archer. $775,000 mm-hmm. race. That's a cracker. Really good race and produced the Kingsford Smith Cup winner last year in Apache Chase. Um, ironically, the, the, the horse that beat Apache Chase is now in Desley Forster's stable trying to win the Archer for a second time. And Rob Heathcote looks well-placed to win the race for a second time with Star Tontes, even yeah. though she drew out. Yeah. We might get a tip from you uh, before we finish up the show for that meeting. Uh, other meetings, Gundawindi, Gregory Downs, Mount Garnett and Quilpy and Tower Hills, a picnic meeting. They're all, of course, non-tab meetings. Festival dancer at Whitewater. They're in a duel. From on the outside, Coast Watch now launching it. Character coming through as well. Bend the knee, can't go on. Soon afterwards, Character dashing with the lead. Duck Destroyer comes after it. And then Coast Watch is peaking. Character in front. Duck Destroyer, the only danger. Character, though, plenty to offer. Character for Golfin. The Duck Destroyer. Fano third. Ashgrove, Cape Breton or Coast Watch. And Southern Stock not far away. 
Nathan, that was, of course, character winning the Queensland Guineas last year, mm. ridden by, of course, Jimmy Orman, who joins us this afternoon. Jimmy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, would have brought back some good memories there. Yeah, no, that was a great day. Um, again, a win up at Godolphin. Character was a, is a great horse. And, um, yeah, no, that was a great, great win. Now, uh, I've got Nathan with me this morning. Now, he mentioned something about shoes on an interview I saw yesterday on Twitter. What what sort of shoes are you rocking these days? Or riding boots, should I say? No, I've had them once for a while, but they, they've just been sitting in the cupboard there. There's some blue frock skin ones. They're a bit out there, but they're pretty cool. <laughs> are they comfortable? Oh, they're okay. Yeah, they're not the greatest, but they're, they're okay. All right. Okay. Now, carnival-wise, uh, what are you looking forward to most during the carnival, Jimmy, at this early stage? Um, at this early stage, yeah, I'm sort of keeping my eyes open for good rides, but um, I've got a couple there. Um Prince of Boom racing, obviously, in the um, Victory Stakes. Yep. Um, and then he's got set, he's got his target on the 10,000. Um, <clears> and then, yeah, just there's sort of a few two-year-olds I've been riding that are sort of on a Jay um, Atkins path. And, um, yeah, no, just sort of keep my eyes out for good horses all the time. But, yeah, there are a couple there. Prince of Boom's the main one. Far too easy is a horse you uh, get on very well with, and we saw him come out and win from that wide gate last week. You'd be looking forward to being on him uh, in a few races during the yeah. carnival? Yeah, definitely far too easy. is an uh, awesome horse to be associated with. Um, and I mustn't forget Antino as well, who's been yeah. good to me, but he's going to take the take um, after Saturday, he's going to start taking steps up to the bigger races. We'll talk about those individual runners soon, Jimmy, but it's always nice to get out of the blocks quickly at a carnival time. And a fortnight back, you were able to win a couple of listed races, which is a nice way to kick things off, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was good to win those two listed races. And, yeah, they're two horses that I'm excited to ride. Obviously, Prince of Boom and the Vows, they're both nice horses. The Vows was a very, very good win. I mean, he sat three wide the entire trip and, and let down in the straight and really had them covered. It's, I know he's going around, obviously, in the guineas tomorrow. It'd be hard to see anything that finished behind him, finishing in front of him. Yeah, it's obviously a step up with Code Belika in the race, but, um, yeah, it was a huge win the other day to sit wide like that and still win. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, he's, um, you yeah, go. he's just got a wide barrier to contend with, that's all. He's the sort of horse that just keeps flying under the radar. I mean, he's won five on the trot, and every time he seems to win, I, I seem to look at him and think, oh, well, yeah, this will probably be a little bit too hard. He probably won't win again, but he just keeps raising the bar. Yeah, he keeps improving, and he should um, improve again from the run the other day. I'm just going to probably have to go back and ride for a bit of luck. The luck comes, I can't see why he won't be hard to beat. Yeah. We know Kovalik will be hard to beat in the race, Jimmy, it's, and, and he's a horse you know well, having ridden him in those two races over the summer. Um, at that time, did he give you the impression at that time that you, this is a perfect Queensland Derby horse? Yeah, I said there and then he'll win the Queensland Derby. So <laughs> that was after the first time I, I rode him. So Obviously, I've never ridden a Queensland Derby winner, but I thought that he gave me that feel that he's just a... Uh, really quality stayer, so I expect him to be extremely hard to beat that day. It'd be lovely if I could find it's back in the run. I'd just follow it everywhere it goes. But, um, yeah, he's a serious horse, Kovalik, there's no doubt about that. 
he's never put in a bad run. I was going through his form the other day. I mean, he's won four of six, but his two defeats have been very, very good efforts. Yeah, he's run the, yeah exactly. And he's run the other day at Randwick, I think it was. Uh, yep. It was huge. Just had a flashing light on him. Um, yeah, he's just a, he's the perfect horse to just probably go, um, you know, into a Queensland derby. And because he relaxes so well, so so. So anyway, we're we're on the vows, and he's you know he's been racing extremely well too. So it's gonna be a good race. It'll be a terrific race. Um, just before we get to your first ride, um, you were down to ride armed forces in race four. Now scratched and running in Sydney instead. I'm gutted because I really <laughs> I was really looking forward to this horse. I'd made it the best of the day. Everything told everybody. Did you do you know anything about it? Did uh, I mean I know you haven't been on I don't it. Know. No, I've never written him. I sort of don't know anything about him, but I noticed he's very well bred, and um, yeah, his form's been his jump out. That trials have been great. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was a bit gutted to see him scratch as well at running, didn't he? Yeah, you and me both. Perhaps we'll see him up here in a couple of weeks after he wins on debut at Rose Hill tomorrow. Race five is your first ride tomorrow, and it's Billionaire Baby. Now, I've always been a bit of a rat for him. His preparation, or his last preparation, was a bit rushed. Rob Heathcote did tell us that, so we forget that altogether. He's had the one run back and was uh, wide. I get the feeling he could improve plenty tomorrow. Yeah, he obviously drew wide that day. I, I think he'd be hard to beat. He's gonna, we've got the good gate, so we're just going to have to probably get a nice run behind the speed and hopefully, um, yeah, like... His run was good the other day, considering he had to go back on the wide gate. So I'm looking forward to him tomorrow. Mock Taffy's a horse we know doesn't win out of turn, but one of his two wins did come with you aboard. You, you had plenty to do with him last prep. He's, he's consistent, but, but just maybe lacks a killer punch. Yeah, that's it. But it's a winnable race, so we should get a nice run. And, um, yeah, we'll just see. He, um, he won't be far away, that's for sure. Uh, race number seven, you're riding a horse that's uh, well fancied in uh, Stradbroke calculations being Antino. They need the horse to keep winning to get the uh, the ratings numbers up. He was very good. He was very good first up. He was very good at his last run, last prep. Uh, he's a very promising type. You must be happy to be on his back. Yeah, I love this horse. He's a, such a push-button horse to ride. He just relaxes so well. I'd say we will be probably in the second half of the field. And, you know, if we've got a spot in five or six, I won't be too worried. I know I'll have a horse underneath me to pick him up. Yeah, he's very versatile, isn't he? He is. But he has been jumping away a little bit steadier these days. So I think that might be his pattern to just get back a bit and run on. But I'm not worried about that at Eagle Farm. It's um, a good pattern to have there. Prince of Boom was really awesome first up. Weights did suit him that day. It's against the big boys tomorrow at level pegging. How do you think he'll measure up? Yeah, he measures to wait, goes to wait for age, but his win first up was exceptional. His trials have been great. His work on Tuesday was great. Like you say, he takes on the old, the older horses now who are tough old horses, Paul Ailey, Private Eye, um, King of Sparta. You know, they're good old horses, but um, the way he won, and even Rockfire, so you can't forget him. Um, but the way he won the other day, I can't see why he won't be very hard to beat. Now, we've already spoken about the vows, so we'll go straight to Rockhampton on Sunday where you're riding a horse that uh, Nathan and I are both quite keen on, Startontes, of course, in the uh, in the Archer. 
yeah, I can't wait to ride Star Conte's um, to open sort of a race, that's for sure. But um, Star Conte's is the horse that if I was could have any ride in the race, it's the one I'd want to be on. So I'm happy with that booking. Obviously drawn wide, but I don't think that'll worry her too much. I'm going to have to track up and, yeah, it's 12 runners. I, I just I think they'll go along on a good genuine clip, so it should, be, it should set up okay for us. Chris, I know that when, when Jimmy won the, the Ascot on Prince of Boom a couple of weeks back, he ducked back in the room and he was quick to watch the replay and just he was pretty pleased to see Star Tontes flashing home in, <laughs> in behind Prince of Boom because he knew he had the ride in the Archer a couple of weeks on. Yeah, and I, was, I had a quick look, and she ran enormous in that race, didn't she? Yeah, she uh, she sat out the back there, and uh, she was really good that last 200 or so. And look, that's her pattern. So the fact she's drawn the wide gate's not really overly concerning, I would imagine. And it must be nice to have that 600 metres straight in your favour as well. Yeah, that's it. As a rural, they don't seem to make up that much ground there, but mm. I think that's in the lesser races. Yeah. Um, in a quality race like that. I don't think it'll worry her too much, but um, oh, look, at the end of the day, you always want a bit better barrier than that, but the fact that there's only 12 horses in the race doesn't worry me too much with that barrier, so as long as the tempo's good, which I can't see why it won't be, we, we should be right. All right, so if the punters want to, uh, as Sammy says each week, they want to put their house on something <laughs> responsibly. Uh, what's your uh, best ride, do you think, tomorrow? And you can include Sunday in that. Yeah, I think Antino. Beautiful. He's obviously short, but he's a pretty good horse. I'd say he should be a bit good for those horses. And, um, so I'd say Antino. Um, and obviously, Startonto, I, I know I've tipped two favourites, but they're, okay. they're two horses that, um, that are, you know look very well placed in their races. Sounds like a good multi, Nathan. <laughs> Jimmy, thanks for your time this afternoon, as usual. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing how the carnival unfolds for you. Starting tomorrow, I'm sure it'll be a successful day, and we'll chat to you again soon. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy Orman uh, joining us there on the punters, mate. Now, seeing that we use Sammy's line of uh, having, a, mm. having a house on something, Nathan, yes. we better remember that what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit Gambling Helpline gamblinghelponline.org.au. That always throws me that last little bit. <laughs> Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. We'll go for a break. and When we come back from the break, we'll have a chat with our leading trainer, Tony Gollan. This is the punters, mate, on SEM. It's me is trying hard. Then came Scalapini. Kandarupi to the round. Nick and Dave under pressure. Baller is rallying it right down the outside. Is Jermaine with a strong run? Rothfire, no good thing. Scalapini drew level, may have hit the front. Kandarupi driving between the pair. Rothfire is beaten. Scalapini in front. Trying hard, Kandarupi. Kandarupi coming home too well. And won the victory. Beat Scalapini, Jermaine and Stantanes. And Rothfire ran fifth. Count Rupee, Nathan winning the victory stakes last year, got up along the fence there, but unfortunately he's no longer with us. Yeah, track work incident claimed him a few months later, which was sad, but um, he was a terrific horse for connections while he was with us. Uh, Tony Gollan is our leading trainer, has been for a long, long time, Nathan, ever since I can remember, to be honest. 
<laughs> yeah, well, since you've come to Queensland, that's for oh, sure. Oh, even longer than that. He, uh, his record is 108 and a half winners for the season. That he got to in the 2019-2020 season. And you know what number he's sitting at right now? Go on. 108 and a half. And go. how many months have we got left to go? Three months left to go. Tony, good afternoon. You must be pretty happy with the way things are going this season. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Yeah, we're having a we're having a great year, uh, great season this season here, turning out winners. But our focus firmly shifts now to try and win some of these feature races through what's going to be a very tough winter carnival. I remember when Tony first came to town, he was still trying to get horses in the stables. So things have <laughs> things have turned around since then. He, he used to speak to me back then. Now it's harder to get hold of him. <laughs> I don't think that would be true at all, mate. <laughs> Maybe no, if you gave him some no, more mate. stables, he might talk to you more often. No, no, he's always been true. I like the way you're talking, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you speak of the uh, the upcoming uh, Winter Carnival. Major hopes for you, Tony? Yeah, look, I'm not sure. I think I said this the other day, and Nathan was privy to this. Like, we've got a really good team at that lower, at that lower tier. Um, but this is the sort of carnival where those horses can really lift up. We see it. Time and time again when Southern Stables do it, and I think our stable will be on that trajectory this carnival. We have got a few there. We've got Baller and Victory Stakes tomorrow. It shows you how strong a race is, and he's 20 to 1. He's, he's been in great form last spring. So it, we've got sort of horses that I think a lot, lot of emerging, a lot of emerging horses, very well placed in those listed group threes. And then we all know if horses can get in good form at this time of the year, they can certainly take that step up in grade, and that's what we're hoping for from a few of our stable stars this, this winter. Now, before we chat about uh, horses going around tomorrow at Eagle Farm, just a couple or a few from last week. Uh, Bazik and Golden Boom both went around in the McDip, and we know Golden Boom had a tough run. Bazik, how did she pull up? She's pulled up really well. She's had to do far too much work. Yep. Um, they went really quick. I was really keen for Bazik to get over to a one-off and try and take a trail in the race, and that didn't eventuate for, for whatever reason. Um, it was very messy. Her and spiritual life just went way too quick up front, and, Golden Boom was just one behind them, three wide, facing the breeze, working on that speed. So I'll be really forgiving of those of those three runners last week. And it was a very interesting Mick Dippen, you know, the way Tempo and the way that race played out. And I think you could run that race again and run in different scenarios and you'd see, you know, vastly different results but for, a, for a number of runners in the race. What I was going to ask you about too, and this is not a horse that you're probably looking, well, you wouldn't be looking at any major races, but Aussie Nugget, Nathan likes this horse. I know we do another preview in another state on a Saturday morning. Rarely does he not tip Aussie Nugget. That was a good run. He was brilliant first up. We thought he'd run well, like with good closing sectionals. He probably exceeded where what I even thought he would do. Um, he really did. He was great through the line. He's a horse that there's a lot of options for him throughout the carnival. Um, first is a bench restricted race, Sunshine Coast. Next week, if I want to go there, then I can pop into those mile eighteen hundred. So he's got a really nice carnival ahead, and he's obviously come back in good feather. It's the first time we've really had him fresh up from a, from a spell into a prep, and I think it was just showed on the weekend how well he's going. Tony, question with regards to things happening off the track. We spoke about Robbie Frad earlier on, how we're doing the race for him tomorrow, but. People probably don't know, you're a key figure in, in getting him back to the races and, and getting, getting him into that mentoring role for, for Ange Jones and I think there's a, there's a couple of others that he's helping out now as well. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, he's such an established, you know, established rider. He, he rode successfully in more than one con, and that's for sure, and he comes out of that great South African Jockeys Apprenticeship Academy there. They just churn out good good riders all over the world. So when he when he rode his last race and he had the heart heart issues and it was a, it was an abrupt ending to his career he would have scripted it much differently Robbie I'm sure and I just felt we see too many of these 
you know, good contributors to our, our industry just be put to a side and they don't have a place. And I really thought knowing the temperament and the personality he has, and he's got a lot of personality, he's really good with, with the kids. And I, I know us, a lot of us trainers are time poor and I'm probably no different. And I really wanted Ange to get every chance in her riding career. And I thought Robbie Brad could, could do that. And he's doing a great job with her. The improvement in her in this small time he's been her mentor has been amazing. We had Angela Jones on the show a few weeks ago, Tony, and we were talking to her about uh, the influence Robbie Frads had. And she said that the major thing for her was the fact that she could just talk to somebody that had been there and done that, and most trainers haven't. Oh, absolutely. And he, and he doesn't really have a biased view. Like, you know, the trainers have got the owners in their ear or, you know, the, their own their own thought, you know, about, about, their, about their career and their path with the horse. So... It's much easier for her, and you're right, he's got the jockey's opinion. He's been on the horseback. He's been in that situation in a race, and, you know, they always say it's very hard to put an old head on young shoulders. So, you know, to have an old head mentoring someone with that young head, I think it it just makes sense, and you can see straight away now the value that's giving us. All right, we better start on tomorrow's runners because there's so many of them. Uh, Race two, you kick off the day with Typhoon Tavi. How has she gone on since that dominant midweek win? And how do you cope with the gate? Just hope for the best and go forward? Yeah, look, she's a go-forward horse. I'm not going to hope for the best. I think she'll make her own her own luck. There is a bit of tempo around there, but she's not a lead at all cost horse. She's just a roll forward and, and find your spot. She's got a light weight. That helps. So if you do overdo it a touch, you're benefited by that 52. She's improved out of sight. She was nowhere near wound up the other day. She's got a long and hopefully fruitful carnival ahead. She's one of those lighter... You know, down low on the ratings, horses I think can do a good job through this carnival. So I'd expect her to be very hard to beat tomorrow. That's a good sign because she ran time. Uh, she bol- I know she didn't beat a lot, but she ran time. So the clock was positive, and Ange sort of sat up on her a little late, so she could have run quicker time. Yeah, she might have. She's not a punishing horse either. I, but I do think she was doing quite a good job without being punished. I think mm-hmm. when she was at it with the whip, she was wanting to lay in a little bit on her. So I think she's a perfect horse for Ange to, to really just push out hands and heels and just show her, show her the whip without hitting her too hard. But She's a very exciting mare. She turned to me with good form around her, and she'll only improve this prep. King Carpetone is a horse you took through the grades last prep. Is he one you've got earmarked that might be a like a, a support, supporting sort of stakes race type horse this time around? Absolutely, Nathan. Yeah, he's not top. He's not the top level races for me at this carnival, but gee, he, he could look good at that under tier sort of races. You mm-hmm. know, Lightning Stakes, Chief of Beers, maybe, and maybe even a, a Morton Cup or, or a Healy. But first things first is coming back in good order tomorrow. Um, it's no, no, no mean feat tomorrow. He's drawn tricky in a tough race, and he's first up off a, off a break. So he's got to be good, and he'll improve off it. But he, look, he looks well-placed. Two runners in race five. Uh, number two standing order from a wide gate was very good last start, and number four, chairman. Yeah, they're both good. Um, both had a totally different races, weren't they? Standing order being driven to the front and a rail out 10 and Ipswich, and that's not his normal pattern. I, I'd like to see him ridden a little bit quieter than that if I could tomorrow. Apps, but he's a nice horse. Trip and track will definitely suit him. Um, Jamin, it was disappointing first up in a thousand, trapped underneath horses. I thought he was okay. He was really good the other day back and really good to see outside. He's a young colt that wants a bit of room, but I thought he showed a turn of foot of the Sunshine Coast the other day of a horse that could go and do a, do a good job in this race and, and possibly stakes races throughout the carnival. So the two nice three year olds, very new to our stable, um, both have, have their own positive influence on the race. Uh, we know the stable's got a good record with with horses that uh, you inherit sort of mid career. Princess Rainus is another one. She's she's one of the more interesting runners there at Eagle Farm tomorrow. First up over the mile for in the in the Huddy Colours. Yeah, she really interests me. This this filly, she's a she's a beauty. 
Um, I quite like the Linda and Graham Centre up to see if we can get some black tight weather. That's, that's the all-important goal. And there's a bunch of races at Eagle Farm for her in what I hope is her, is her um, distance range. So we're going to start at the mile here. So tell me whether I can keep her there. She's really impressed me. Um, blinkers on. She was good in them at Flemington. She likes big tracks, firm tracks. That all suits her. So I think she's well-placed. There's a lot of races in this race that can't win, but there's three or four that got very good form. I think she fits in that three or four. Race seven's a very interesting race and an important race for the stable. You've got Paladas and you've got Antino, who uh, many think can run a race or certainly perform well uh, should he make the Stradbroke field. And uh, I think he'll win. Hopefully you do too. Yeah, I do, mate. But there's a lot being made of that at the moment. I'm sort of, a, you know, not a tough for the horse kind of guy. So. Yep. I want to see him do the job tomorrow. He's drawn a bit awkward, but we've shown we can be a bit versatile how we ride him. So you might see he's a bit more patient depending on how we think this race maps after scratchings. And if he can get in midfield or even maybe a bit worse with a bit of cover, if he can't win off a run like that, then we're, we're dreaming at the wrong races because he does look very well placed. Paladas, I thought he was great behind him, fresh up. Mm. Not sure if he can make up the distance on that horse yet, but he's always a big improver second up at 1,400. That's that pair. Baller was out of character for him to to not put in in the new market, but you felt he probably just felt the track that day? Yeah, he definitely did. He, he pulled up quite jarring his high suspensory. So we brought him home, give him a freshen up. And this track is not not hard like uh, like Flemington, you know, in the autumn. It's, it's you know, good, it's a really good three, and that, that's just the races you get there. And he just, he just couldn't adapt to it, I don't think. But he's back at Eagle Farm. He's, he's done really, really well. I'm really happy with him. He's, he maps to get a beautiful run here. Um, I don't think they'll go crazy hard in this. I think he maps to get a nice run, four, six, six, somewhere like that. And he always races well at this track. And you've got uh, one in the last race, Tony, that uh, we could do with a bit of help with, Rising Pacific's a Kiwi. <laughs> I don't know anything about this horse. Uh, other than uh, for looking at his New Zealand form, he does get back a little in his runs and he's drawn a wide gate anyway. Can you give us a leg up? Yeah, I'll look forward to a bit of help myself, I think, after tomorrow. <laughs> but he's a beautiful, relaxed horse. I actually won a 1,200-metre trial leading on him at the Higgin the other day, but don't let that fool you and then security. That's what we'll try and do tomorrow. He will switch down at the back, and he can run a section. That's why the guys identified him out in New Zealand, and he, he gives me a bloody good feel. Um, but I think you'll see the best of him when he gets to that 2,000, 2,200, 2,400 out to that. So I just want to see his closing sectionals. He's not the best of the race in the top three or four. If he can do that, I can be very confident heading forward in the carnival out to a trip. We'll round out the weekend and go to Rocky on Sunday. You've got two horses in the Archer, Counter Beans and Vega One. I know you love a challenge as a trainer, and Vega One <laughs> has been a long pro, long-term project on, on a number of occasions. Do you have him back? He's won that recent trial, and his last few runs, he hasn't been that far away. I, I put it to you, two questions. Yeah. A, is he back? And B, how much satisfaction would it give you to see him win a race like this? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't get ahead of myself, unfortunately. But I, I was really happy with him into the summer. I didn't know if I'd ever get him back to the races or have that want to do it. And I thought his two summer runs were actually really good under those poor handicap conditions he was in. Then we went to Sydney because I just didn't want to spell him straight away. I had this race in mind. Um, and I drew wide and I went back in a really slow run race to Animo, box seated and won. And, you know, his, his margin, he held ground on the whole way up the straight and mm. in a real sprint home. So I, was happy, I went away defeated but happy. Yeah. I set him for this race, three jump outs for trials. It was not, I had no interest in putting him in a 1,000-meter race and getting him run up his feet and losing interest in, yeah. in the race. So yeah. I didn't do that. So I trialed him a bit aggressively at Deegan. He was bloody good. And if he could win the Archer on Sunday, it would be the, the highlight of my training career, to be perfectly honest, I'd get him back to that level. 
Count to Beans is uh, near enough to $20 in the Archer. Look, obviously it's a step up in grey, but I thought that first start run, the tempo just wasn't there. And he was hitting the line well late. He really, sectionals are brilliant. Mm. I've taken the tongue tie off him. That's not put it on him. He's been drifting back in races. He has been hitting the line, but he's been asked too much to do. So I've taken that off and endeavoured him to travel a bit closer. Um, his work has been great. He feels good. He could be a real improver in a race like this. He's got that good three-year-old form. If Yellow Brick was in this, he'd be probably $8 yeah. in the market. So. I think he's over the odds count the beans. He can definitely run well. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, best chance for the weekend, Tony, or the horse you're look, most looking forward to saddling up? Antino. Beautiful. There you go. We asked, we had Jimmy Orman on earlier and asked him the same question, and he said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and no, he really likes that horse. Jimmy comes in, rides him in all of his fast work, etc. and we just finished talking about him at the short jump out at, at Eagle Farm uh, Friday morning, so... We're both on the same page with him, which is always good. And I don't, I don't have a lot of, I don't lose a lot of sleep when Jimmy Orman's on a horse he really likes. And he, very, he very rarely makes mistakes. Uh, you're right there. Tony, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Wish you all the best uh, for the first part of the carnival. We'll speak to you again shortly before we get to the main part, I'm sure. Thanks, guys. Cheers, eh? Thanks, Tony. Tony Gollan, Queensland's premier trainer, Nathan, joining us there for a ninth year coming up very sh- shortly. Ten, wasn't it? I thought it was eight last time. Am I wrong? Is it nine? We should ask Tony. He'd know. Ten this year. Ten. Double figures. Yes. yes. How good is that? Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Like that, Nathan? Just loved it. Nice pictures of Gibbo walking up the sand, hand in hand with his girls. Beautiful. I'll um, give you the name of that song later if you want to search it on your Apple Music. Download it to my Spotify. <laughs> Gibbo, a good afternoon to I'm... you. Good afternoon. Yeah, it gets awkward uh, when I when I skip along the beach to that tune because it's, it's fending off fending off all the boilers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were in fine form last Saturday, giving us uh, Iowa. At uh, Doomben at a good price, he paid about seven dollars. Yeah, and was actually put up, I think, twice twice that price. Which I um, knew he'd mentioned that. So I knew that he'd mentioned good? that. Is that the price you got yeah. then? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got twice the price, but I was, I wasn't uh, happy when I got told they went up twenty ones. I didn't didn't even see that. Oh, but, yeah. um, might have been for thirty seconds. Yeah, that. yeah. oh, that's, that's a, a matter. Just a very just a very good stable with a, a horse with some upside against the stayers that take turns up here. It was. Um, yeah, it was nice. A winner's a winner. It doesn't matter what price, whether it be 7 14 or 21 It was a good win. So well done to you. Now, uh, we race, of course, on the poly track at the Gold Coast tomorrow, and we race at Eagle Farm. I believe you have a tip for both venues. Yeah, look, really hard at the Confidence pretty low at the Gold Coast tomorrow. Just some of these small fields just make it so hard for, to try and find any value. So there was a couple there I thought would win shorter, but I'll try and find some value and go race six. Number four, Zoo Marudi. Um, look, loomed last week for the new stable. We're going to be right in the finish. And uh, Calais just sat up, wasn't happy with the action. But um, obviously, if it's cleared to run this week, it's good to go. And I just think it could um, could bounce off that outing trips better. So it, it could just be the roughie for the day off that run. Um, it's worth a little, a little something anyway, Zoo Marudi in the last. Is that the horse that loomed up on the outside? That day on the pole yeah. track, I remember because I was yeah. doing the replays for that, and, and it looked like running past them. Then he stopped riding, and yeah, there was obviously an issue there. So uh, I can see where you're coming from, and you've got one at Eagle Farm as well. Yeah, I just thought 
uh, race six, number nine, Baltic Coast. Um, may get a long way back, but from gate eight, probably can land in front of three or four at least here. And um, definitely better ridden Colts. I don't want to be too close, but um, geez, best last eight, six, four, two of the, of the race last time. Um, riding on the wall, fit up. Just think everything suits to run particularly well. Uh, Baltic Coast, I think it'll be right in the finish. Big grey for memory. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we got race six, number four, Zumarudi on the on the Poly at the Gold Coast, and race six, number nine, Baltic Coast at Eagle Farm. Gibbo, best of luck to you over the weekend. We'll look forward to chatting to you again next Friday afternoon. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gibbo. Thanks, Gibbo. Sorry. Thanks, guys. There's only one of <laughs> him. Get rid of me as well, <laughs> Nathan. Give me a good thing for tomorrow. I've listened to you moan all week about armed forces being uh, scratched <laughs> from Eagle Farm. You should be grateful because he won't be, wouldn't have been catching App and Girl. She's an really? absolute ripper. She was an arrogant taboo winner of the Sunshine Coast. The time was good. She draws nice. She'll sit off the stable, mate, and I think she'll beat her. So App and Girl for me, race four, number 10. What sort of price is she off the top of She's in at $3 after, so part of your two's around the two fifty mark. App and Girl, solid second pick with after the scratching of armed forces. So just the one for you, App and Girl? We'll go Kovalika in the last. I think that uh, class will tell a tale in the guineas as we expect this horse to go right through and... I won't say clean sweep the the, the carnival, but uh, he looks the right horse to 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 win a packet over the next uh, few weeks. I will go with. Uh, well, it's hard to tip Antino now, isn't it? The short every. <laughs> I mean, I liked it before the show. Now I'm uh, even keener. But it's I a bit would short. think if you're on Antino, you'd want to be getting your skates on today or yeah. early tomorrow because the, I just get the feeling it would keep trimming up. Could start a dollar fifty. Yeah, that's, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay, so I'll steer away from that. But looks a good thing. Race five, number seven, Spirit Queen. I thought could turn the tables on Ekaterina. Mm-hmm. They're both very good, uh, very good. But I like uh, Spirit Queen there. And I'm going uh, Kovalika in the last race, nine, number two. It's hard to find anything at any real value, isn't it? Oh, it's a funny day there. There's yep. a lot of shorties. So you either just chip in on the shorties or you, 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 you tread carefully. It's a it's just an odd day there. And you know, hopefully for punter's sake, the, 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 the obvious ones keep rolling in. The victory stakes is interesting. A case of view is one I really want to mm-hmm. see how it goes. Uh, Group one winner twice overseas and ran well first runner. up in the William Reed. He was winning an Alcor sprint this yeah. time last year. And as you say, the run at Mooney Valley looked good. So big track should suit it. It's a really good victory stakes. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate you joining us this nice, afternoon. Nice to make a cameo, mate. Thanks yeah, for the invitation. No, it was great. Really enjoyed your company. To everyone out there, hope you have a profitable weekend. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll catch you same time. Same place next Friday afternoon on SEN Track.